Hello, this is Zach Cherian. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. We are really excited to bring you this teaching. Please open your heart and if you can, your Bibles and receive this word from the Lord recorded live at Brazen Grace Fellowship. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You all ready for the word today? Let's get back to Mark chapter number five and we'll start there and I'm going to take it to a different direction today. But let's start at Mark chapter 5. This is something the Holy Spirit's been uh, dealing with me on a very strong way for a while now. And I, I want to touch and attempt to do this that I haven't been able to do much of since I uh, came to the message of grace. But I, I really want us to get perspective in grace of some things that just don't change. So are you ready for the word? Let's do Mark chapter 5. Let's start there and then we'll work our way up out of that place. Mark chapter 5. I'm going to read um, from verse number 25 to verse number 29. 25 to 29. Mark chapter 5. For those of you that are still looking for Mark, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Mark. Mark chapter 5, verse number 25. Give me a loud, give me, if you're there, give me a loud yes, sir. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his garments, I may be made well. 29. Immediately. Say immediately. The fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. I want to base what I'm going to say on these three points that in the natural are true, but are also a great idea of how things work in the spiritual. Number one, the woman had an issue of blood. She had an issue of blood that affected a certain part of her body, which affected a lot of things in her life. And because of where the issue of blood affected her, number one, she was unclean, right? The issue of blood which made her unclean. Because of her issue of blood which made her unclean, she could not have intimacy with her man. The Bible says she had it for 12 years. So we're not talking about a kid here. This was someone who had been to doctors, been to people. Her condition or her situation made her unclean. And because of her issue of blood, she could not have intimacy with her man. And because, number three, she could not have intimacy with her man, she could not ever get pregnant. Now can I put that into spiritual context, please? Uncleanness will always affect your intimacy with God. <laughs> Did our grace preacher change? No, he didn't. Your grace preacher didn't change, but there's just some things we have to make clear, even in grace, that uncleanness affects your intimacy. It does not cut off your identity. It does not change your eternity. Please hear me carefully. But uncleanness will affect your destiny. Uncleanness will affect your destiny. As grace people, is there anything, is there any value to a testimony anymore? 
as people that have been forgiven forever. As people that have not only been forgiven of our past sins, our present sins, but also our future sins. Is there any value to a woman keeping herself for her wedding? Think, listen to me carefully, please. I'm not trying to be judgmental here. Is there any value to somebody saying no? In fact, there's somebody in, this, in our ministry that was very new to my ministry. And I'd only taught her for a few weeks about the message of grace and being forgiven forever. And was in a relationship with at that point because of how newly saved she was with somebody that wasn't saved. And the boyfriend came over to do what they always did before they got saved. And she said, no, can't do that anymore. And the boyfriend looked at her and says, don't your pastor say that your sins are all forgiven and you're not under the law? Don't you love it when the agnostic preaches at you? It makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, since you're forgiven, it don't make a difference because you're going to go to heaven anyway. Of course you're going to go to heaven. What's the whole point? And the lady responded to the boy, it's because I've been forgiven that I can't do this with you anymore. <laughs> I got pastors writing stuff, preaching stuff. I got sermon series about Zach Terry and telling people they can sin. I'm not even making that up. I'm telling you, literally there's churches that preach entire sermons on Zacharian. I wish they would preach about Jesus. It'll get more people free. You preach about Zach, you're going to get in bondage. I'll tell you that right now. It's worse than preaching about the law. But there's people that do that because they assume this concept that being forgiven means you can do whatever you want and just go crazy and do whatever you want and there's no value to... Holiness, there's no value to righteousness. It's, it's just a license. Go do whatever you want, right? It's, it's anything, right? Anything goes because you're forgiven anyway. And I remember thinking, man, this girl who's been with me just for a few weeks got it. And these pastors are still talking rubbish about me. It's the fact that I have been forgiven. It's the fact that I have been loved unconditionally and I don't deserve it. It's the fact that even though I don't deserve to be forgiven, I was forgiven it's that truth that just sets me free to be everything God's called me to be. It's the fact that God does not hold my sins against me that frees me to live a life. Man, I felt the Holy Ghost on that one. It's the fact that I have been forgiven that sets me free. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, Santosh. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Christ did not set you free to stay a slave. Christ did not set you free to walk around with the same issues you had before you got saved. Same gossip, same anger, same jealousy, same sexual immorality. Something happened when you got saved. When you gave your life to Jesus, you died. You died. Look at someone next to you and say, I'm dead. Now look at that person and go, you did. When you gave your life to Jesus, you died. You died. The old man was crucified on that cross. The old man with his old desires, with his old passions, with his old lusts, everything crucified on that cross. And Christ sets us free. 
But it sets us free no longer to be under the yoke of slavery. In this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Say, I'm liberated. liberated. Say, Christ has made me free. Ah, Lord. Is is this because I'm preaching holiness? Y'all just got all cringing on me. This is as grace as it gets. I promise you. This is as grace as it gets. Because the problem with the grace church is we only preach one thing. We've been set free from the law. But we don't talk about we've been married to Jesus. I divorced the law, but I married Jesus. (laughs) The law forcibly forced intimacy. Romans 7, 6 in the Amplified. It says we were were forcibly forced, forced. No longer do we have intercourse with the law. We have been discharged from the law and we have terminated all intercourse. Meaning what? At one point you were married to the law and the law was forcing itself on you. I I wish I could use another word, but it would be disrespectful for me to say it. Having died to what once restrained us and held us captive. Come on now. The law restrained you and held you captive. So now. Somebody shout now. Now. Shout now. Now Now we serve not under obedience to the old code of regulations. But obedience to the promptings of the spirit. Just because you got cut off from the law. Doesn't mean you were left an orphan. Just because you are cut off from the law doesn't mean you're just a wayward, got no direction, just whatever will be, will be. Anywhere the wind blows. That's not how God called us. He delivered us from what restrained us and held us captive. Why? So he could woo us into an intimacy with him woo us into a relationship with him the beautiful thing about grace unlike the law it's not going to force intercourse on you this is a relationship it's intimacy and what sin does is it kills the ability to be intimate why because your fruit bearing is dependent on your intimacy with God Your ability to to bear fruit. Your fruit bearing. Your ability to bear fruit. Your ability to get pregnant with the things of God. Is dependent on your intimacy with God. It's not even dependent on you being free from the law. Being free from the law means that you've just been free. Nothing else. But to be able to proactively bear fruit. There needs to be an intimacy with the grace of God. With the goodness of God. You are no longer a child of Adam. Adam's not your daddy no more. But that doesn't mean you're an orphan without a father. Just because you've been delivered from the bloodline of Adam doesn't mean you're an orphan. You're not orphans. You are not orphans. Nor are you without a father. Got me. Nor are you someone who doesn't know who your daddy is. You have a father. You have a father. 
You're not an orphan anymore. You are not an orphan anymore. You got a daddy. You got a father who loves to lead you, who loves to guide you, who loves to have intimacy with you. That's why you his bride, because he wants you to bear much fruit and fruit that remains. But it only comes from this concept of abiding. It doesn't come automatically. The lady had an issue of blood and therefore could never be intimate with her man. And because she could not be intimate with her man, she could never bear fruit. Even in grace, if we walk around carrying things that we should, you say, are we supposed to be perfect preacher? Are we supposed to be perfect preacher? No, but I do want to remind you, Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free. I want to remind you, I want to remind you something. Listen to me. You are not a sinner. I'm going to just prophesy that over you. You are not a sinner. You suck at sinning. You know why? Because that, that dude that used to like it, that girl that liked to sin, she dead. You are not a sinner. I don't care how much you do it. You are not a sinner. Your sinning does not make you a sinner in the new covenant. You cannot be a sinner. You know what a sinner, what do you call a new covenant person that sins? Stupid. (laughs) Say it, I'm not a sinner. sinner. I can't be a sinner. (laughs) Say it, I can't be a sinner. sinner. Because I'm a son. Ain't no son of God a sinner. Are you listening to me? I told you this is a good message. You can sit there and go, well, there's going to feel good. No, no, no. If you take this message and, and make it condemnational, you miss the whole point. You miss the whole point. Because I'm done with grace people making grace only about being forgiven. There is two parts to grace. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. <laughs> You're saying, are you saying I will never sin again? Are you saying, well, that would be unfair, wouldn't it? That'd make it worse than putting a commandment on him. That's not what Jesus was saying. He was speaking specifically to what he set her free from. And he was saying, woman, I don't condemn you for this. Now go. Go and sin no more. Why? Why go and sin no more? He was releasing an identity over her. He was not putting another commandment over her. Are you listening to me? The commandment is what made her do it to begin with. He was saying, go and sin no more. He was releasing an identity saying, woman, you and sin will never go together again. Believers, you are terrible sinners. I'm just telling you, you're a terrible sinner. The very fact that you feel as miserable as you do at the end of it. Remember them good old days when it didn't feel bad at all? (laughs) Come on, any former professional sinners in the house, wave at me. No, it didn't feel bad at all, did it? It didn't feel bad at all. Preacher, are you saying we got to be guilty? No, 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 no. I'm not saying be guilty. I'm telling you, when you take something that doesn't belong on you and put it on you, it's going to feel uncomfortable. When you take something that doesn't belong on you and put it on you, it's not going to feel good. But if you dampen the voice of the Holy Spirit by throwing the message of grace as an excuse, then the more you do it, the less you start feeling it. Sin does not affect your eternity. John, this is going to be some good Bible study notes, buddy. 
Sin does not affect your eternity. Say that. Say it. Sin does not affect my eternity. But it will infect my destiny. Oh, that's a good one, Zacharian. <laughs> this is not a question of am I going to heaven or not? People go, you want them one saved, always saved people? I don't know. John 3.16 says, Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting. I didn't come up with that. John came up with that. So I'm not going to ask you whether you're going to make it to heaven or not. Because whoever's in, in Jesus, your eternity is sealed forever. But that's the sad thing about the doctrine of heaven being emphasized too much. We make it all about getting out of here. And we're absolutely useless on the earth. The whole point of grace. The whole point of grace. The whole point of being forgiven. Not just forgiven. God forgave me. I mean forgiven forever. To where God cannot hold your sins against you. He cannot hold your sins against you. Because for God to consider you a sinner in the new covenant, he would have to consider his son a sinner. Because the only way he sees you is through his son's blood. So we ain't dealing with eternity. Please get me. Please hear me. This is not about eternity. This is a question of your destiny. This is a question of your destiny. This is a question of your destiny. Not because you're under some laws that try to calculate what you're going to do and try to tell you things that you might do. The funny thing with the law is you always find a way around it, don't you? Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. What about my cousins? She's not my neighbor. You can always find ways around the law. Like most of you do when you drive. Hello, officer. Donovan said, play country music. He'll let you go. It didn't work for Donovan the next time either. Black guy, country music, something was off. There's only two black guys on this earth that I know that listen to country music. Donovan Scott and Chris Heiser. <laughs> now, there's a lot of great country music. Come on. But there's only one music that's worse than even... I shouldn't say this. Pam's going to get mad at me. I'm going to walk away from that one. Southern gospel. <laughs> well, it's shouting time in hell. I'll fly away, oh glory. I was like, why don't they sing about earth? Why are we always dying and going to heaven? Why aren't we talking about being fruitful, multiplying, subdue the earth? But you see, when a theology is written around going to heaven all the time, it doesn't matter how I go on this earth. Well, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid there somewhere ha, beyond the blue. 
The angels beckon me. I'll tell you what the angels are telling you. Stay down there! <laughs> Stay down and be useful. You have no use up here. I know I'm saying it in humor, but do you get the point? You're of no use up here. Stay down and be fruitful. Multiply. Subdue the earth. Have dominion. If your purpose was done the day you got saved and was all about getting saved and going to heaven, then God would have snuffed you out. As soon as you said, come into my heart, Lord. The very fact that you're still around tells me there's a lot more God has for you. And it's a lot bigger than you. It's a lot greater than you. For those of you that have given up hope, that have gotten tired, that feel like you've tried, and just, I want you to get hope from me today. Listen to this word of the Lord for you today. Your best days are ahead of you. Your greatest days are ahead of you. Your greatest days are ahead of you. They're not behind you. I don't care how much of success you have seen. Your greatest days are ahead of you. If you can understand that it wasn't only about eternity, it was actually about destiny. That's why the revelation of Jesus is incomplete without the revelation of who you are in Him. Because the question that you have to answer for eternity... Is who is Jesus? But the question that you have to answer to fulfill your destiny is who am I? You want to know who you are? You are holy. What? I said you are holy. You're old man, not your daddy. The old man, meaning the dude before you got saved. People go, the old man's dead? <laughs> the old man has been crucified. He has been crucified. You know what something dead smells like? You know what something dead smells like? That's what it smells like when a new covenant believer takes back things that were on that cross and puts it back on themselves. It smells. You are supposed to be a fragrance unto God. The message of grace is incomplete with just, neither do I condemn you. He actually puts his word inside of us and says, you don't have the capacity to be a sinner again. You know what that does? It sets me free. It sets me free from the yoke of trying to be holy. Of trying to, trying to, trying to stop and quit. Stop and quit. It never works. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Therefore since... Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Listen carefully. He's speaking to new covenant believers. Let us lay aside 
every weight. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us what? Run. It ain't about going to heaven, is it? Run with endurance the race that is set before us. This ain't talking about going to heaven. This is talking about a race that God has placed before you. And the more weight you keep adding to your body, the harder it is going to be for you to run easy. You notice the, the responsibility is on us to lay aside. You notice that? Lay aside. Grace people, can I give you a fresh, deep revelation? When you came to grace, God did not get rid of your will. When you came to grace, God did not get rid of your will. You still got to get up in that morning and brush them teeth. You still got to, goodness sake, take a shower. Well, I'm just washed by the blood. <laughs> I'm in the spout where the glory comes out, so therefore I don't need no shower. <laughs> Let us lay aside. Lay aside. Lay it off. When you know something doesn't belong on you, lay it off. Lay it off. Lay it off. Lay it off. Grace people, you don't give up your ability to say no to sin. Titus chapter 2. Grace gives us the power. To say no to sin. You want to depend on your own ability? You're going to keep loading yourself with all the junk. Come on, baby. Do you know what happens when you fall in sin again and again and again and again and again? Huh? You lose the sensitivity to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me carefully. You lose sensitivity. To the voice of the Holy Spirit. I know some grace people that don't even feel bad when they mess around. You know, we've always preached about how our conscience is seared like a hot iron. But we talk about it on the other side as grace people. It's about those that, that, uh, that always feel guilty whenever they do anything. Well, that pendulum swings to the other side too. There are those people who can do anything and never feel a pinch. How is the Holy Spirit going to tell you, Zach, don't do that. Zach, that don't belong on you. That don't belong on you. I'm telling you, you'll get to heaven. You will get to heaven. There's nothing stopping you. I don't care how much you sin. You will get to heaven. That's right, I said it. But you will be so useless on the earth. And everywhere you mess up, you believe in a carnage of wounds, messed up relationships, wounds, broken hearts, hurt, wound, smelly carcass, dead body. Galatians chapter 5, please. Verse number 16. Let's read this together. Grace people, we love Galatians, don't we? Hello? Yeah. Wait for it. Are you learning something today? It's really quiet in the church today. 
Galatians chapter 5. Santos, I want this in the Amplified, sir. How, Zach? How? Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 36. If you don't have the Amplified, follow it with me over there. But I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the craving and desires of the flesh of the human nature that is without God. I don't have to say much more, do I? I'm preached for all by itself. Is there, is there anything left for a testimony? Is there anything left for the ability to say, you know, I'm going to wait. Uh, sorry, Potiphar's wife. You hot and all, but nah. Because I don't go by what I see. I don't, I don't live by, live by sight. I live by faith. What does that mean? I got to walk around like this? No. <laughs> it means you don't walk by what you see. You walk by faith. Faith is not a set of principles and rules. I've already told you that. Faith is the ability to open your eyes and look at Jesus. Ah, oh, so my favorite preachings. I'm just telling you, I'm just enjoying this so much. I told you, I've been, I've been, I've been going through this. And I, people go, ah, oh, grace preachers, y'all never touch this stuff. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We just don't do the other nasty stuff you'll do by leaving us all guilty and condemned. And we leave the church going, oh my God, I'm so terrible. He that's in it dies. Responsive and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. Say this, I walk by faith. I walk by faith and not by sight. What does that mean? That means you don't walk by what you see. You walk by the promptings of the Holy Spirit. There is no faith life without the leading of the Holy Spirit. There is no faith without the leading of the Holy Spirit. This is no self-righteous message yelling at you to tell me, oh, stop your little nasty self because I'm so holy. Not one of them. We don't do that in this church. We don't throw stones in this church, folk. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. Are you reading this? And the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh or the godless human nature. For these are antagonists to each other, continually withstanding and in conf conflict with each other. So that you are not free, but are prevented, prevented from doing what you desire to do. Well, we just all free in grace, aren't we? But if you are guided, led by the Holy Spirit, listen to this. You are not subject to the law. Now the doings, practices of the flesh are clear. They're obvious. What are they? I want you to watch this very carefully, church people. Immorality. Impurity. Indecency. Idolatry. Sorcery. Enmity. Oh God. Strife. Jealousy, anger, ill temper, you little short-tempered freak of nature. 
selfishness. Oh, I like this one. Divisions. Dissensions. Party spirit. Factions. Sect with peculiar opinions. Meaning those who create division inside the church. It puts you in the same list as the idolater and adulterer. Well, because you know, obviously there's some big sins and there's some small sins. And gossip really isn't as bad, is it? You know what that verse just did? Dump everybody in the same category. Envy, drunkenness, carousing and the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those that do such things, the word is not do, the word is practice as an identity. So please, don't go from here going, oh my God, I've done that stuff, I'm not going to inherit the kingdom. Those that practice as in it being your identity. Can a believer have any of those things as his identity? Shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now watch this carefully. It did not say shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. It means you're going to be useless on the earth. Because your ultimate purpose as a gracer is to establish his kingdom. The kingdom of God on the earth. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes. <laughs> oh God, I love the Amplified so much, I can't tell you. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which your hard labor, your fasting and praying, your binding, rebuking, casting and shouting, which His presence within accomplishes. Beloved, the longer you are aware of the presence of God, the easier it is to live holy. Are you hearing me? The longer you are aware of the presence of God, the next time that nasty desire comes, close your eyes and be aware of the Holy Ghost. Which His presence within accomplishes. Say, the presence of God is within me. Say, the presence of God is within me. And he produces love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint. Against such things, there is no law that can be, that can bring a charge. Are you listening to me? Before you came to Jesus, it was natural for you to be immoral, impure, indecent, idolater, sorcerer, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfish, divisive, creating factions, envious, drunken, carousing. That was natural. That was who you were. But when you gave your life to Jesus, Jesus took that identity and nailed it to the cross. And then he puts his Holy Spirit within you. Now it is not natural for you to sin. You are not a professional sinner. You are not a professional sinner. Ooh. The 
fruit of the Spirit. Jesus, He's putting that in you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, please. My time looked like. All right, I'm almost done. Y'all want me to shut up? No. Can I bring some more next week? Yes. I really want God. I got so much more to preach, and my time's up. Please don't take this, go home, and condemn yourself. You missed the whole point. If you turn grace into a, into a stick and beat yourself up, that's not my problem. Grace is the power of God, grace is the glory of God. Why am I telling you who you are more than telling you what not to do? Because you're taking up dead bodies and putting all over yourself. And it stinks. It stinks. Dead bodies stink. Sin stinks. First Corinthians 6.18 Flee Sexual immorality. Well, I'm a grace man. I can just stand there and bind and rebuke and cast out. And This is Paul, the apostle of grace. The father of everything we believe. He's saying, gracers, don't stand there and see how strong you are. The Bible says in Philippians 3.3, 3, don't have any confidence in the flesh. Don't have confidence. Well, I, can, I can do all things through Christ. Hey, listen. It said, run. What do I deal with sexual impurity? Let me see how strong I am. You're not strong. You know why you're not strong? Because you're not listening to the word of the Lord. He's not telling you there to stand there and check how strong you are. So pornography has no place in your life. Well, I'm not really with somebody, am I? It has no place in your life. You know why? Because that's not who you are. And you know it. You don't like it. I mean, it'll give you pleasure for just a little bit, but then next thing you're feeling terrible again. And then you feel guilty. Guess what guilt does? Guilt empowers you to go back to the same thing you're doing and get tempted again. And then you get guilty. And then you get guilty and you're again tempted by the same thing again. And then you're guilty. And then you're tempted. And then you sin again. And you're guilty. And you're tempted. And you sin again. And you're tempted. There's this vicious cycle where you can't even be useful to God. And all your life you're trying to overcome sexual immorality. When the only thing God asked you to do was run, baby, run. 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 Flee. Flee. Because you ain't sinning against the Lord. You're sinning against your own body. You know why? Because your body is a temple, man. Flee. 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 Run. Run. Don't check there. Oh, not by might. Not by power. Ha. Church folk. You got you to watch what you watch. Grace people. There's some of them shows on HBO that should not cross your eyes. Well, the storyline is great. <laughs> Are you listening to me? 
Really, are we grace people? We have less standards than the others? Well, I just, uh, I just fast forward. <laughs> uh, Johnny Gross, my dear friend Johnny Gross would always say, that just made things go really fast, nothing else. <laughs> nothing else. I just fast forward through those scenes. No, because you're putting seeds of, of something that doesn't belong in your body and rather than bearing fruits of righteousness by being aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit, you're allowing seeds that don't belong in your body, looking at stuff that you shouldn't be looking at. All of a sudden, you've got a desire for something you don't want. Your marriage is getting messed up. Your life's getting messed up. Everything starts to fall apart. I can't find nobody. Listen to me. Please, gracers. Listen to me. All the single ladies, put your hands up. <laughs> so somebody's hand go like this up. <laughs> when he tries to get, you know what? I don't care if he, well, you know pastor's accent, it's okay. Slap him, I'll give you permission. But we're engaged. I mean, we're halfway there, so we can go halfway. I've heard that so many times. All the single men in the house, where are you? <laughs> I have so much respect. But you know what? Until God brings that person. And until I say I do. Oh, it's so worth waiting. In the words of Jensen Franklin. I was a virgin until I got married. And then I made up for it. <laughs> Is there something to purity? Now, please listen to me, and I'm closing with this. For those of you that are sitting here and you're going, Pastor, uh, at ships, that boat, that boats, <laughs> we crossed that long time ago. You're sitting here going, well, I, I guess, no, 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 no. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't, don't take what I'm telling you and let it lead you into condemnation. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Please, please, it would, it would break my heart if you left the service feeling condemned. It would tear my heart. And everything I just said till now would be an absolute waste. If you go out here going, oh, great. No. No, 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 no. Don't do that. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. You know what that means? You're as holy as Jesus is. In his likeness and in his image. Don't stand there to see how strong you are. Don't do that. And if you've messed up and you're like, preacher, we, 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 what do we do now? You can start all over again. You can start all over again. You know, this is a good day to begin. I want to be everything God wants me to be. There's still something for sticking up for purity. And I salute every one of you that have done that. As your pastor, I want you to know 
my hats off to each of you that says, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. In fact, I know some of you with quite a history. But yet when the Lord touched you from that time, you guys have said, mm -mm, can't touch this. Din, 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 din. <laughs> I love you and I salute you for that. It's worth it. It's worth it. Today's a great day to start. Today's a great day to go, you know what? I don't want to put no dead bodies over me again. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. You know how many people we counsel? <laughs> All kinds of issues. All sorts of issues that come from promiscuity when they were single. I break that off of each of you in Jesus' name. You are no longer a victim of your past mistakes. Listen to me. You are no longer a victim of your past mistakes. God does not hold your past sins against you. Your slate is clean. You are washed clean. Not only is your past clean, it's as if you never did it. As if you never did it. What kind of God would be so crazy? Not only does he sanctify, not only does he purify, he justifies. As if you never even did it. But that justification would be worthless if you're already planning for the next one, isn't it? There's something to it. There's something to it. <clears throat> Is there something to a testimony? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Let a man of God, Paul said, be without reproach. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Man, that should have been a bigger shout than right there. Amen. Well, easy for you to say you are married now. You better believe it. Yeah, baby. If I say anything else, my wife's going to kill me when I get home. So I'm just going to behave myself right there. It's worth it. You know why? Because God thinks you're worth it. I'm going to say something to you and I'm going to close. Jesus trusts you. Did you hear me? You, preacher, and even since I've been in grace, he should not trust me. Hey, Jesus trusts you. He trusts you with the kingdom of God manifesting on the earth. Jesus still trusts you. He trusts you. He trusts you to manifest his kingdom. Don't take that lightly, man. Don't take that lightly. Last night we were having a discussion with some of our friends and they were like, man, you know, what's stopping us from going to sin if we're forgiven forever? I said, if someone trusted you with something, if someone trusted you and loved you unconditionally and trusted you enough to say that even if you mess up in the future, I will not hold that against you. Come on, John. Even no matter what you did, I would not do that for you. What would your response be? Man, I can't hurt that guy. I can't hurt that guy. I, I, can't, I can't break trust. I can't break trust. Come on, men. Trust is a big deal for us. We'll mess up. We'll do all kinds of junk. But we never break someone's trust. God trusts you, dude. God trusts you. Married men, God trusts you. Married women, God trusts you. He trusts you to establish his kingdom on the earth. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can repeat this simple prayer with me right now, wherever you are. Dear Lord Jesus, 
I come to you as I am and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is my Lord. I am yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today for this teaching. We would love to hear from you. You can write us at ZCIM PO Box 592675, San Antonio, Texas 78259. For more information on ZCIM, please visit us at ZCIM.org or on Facebook and Twitter at ZCIM Official. God bless you.